Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up and welcome to a very special, very special episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins. Normally with me, reviewing all of the new comic books that came out last week is Siobhan Coombs. And I have good news for you Siobhan fans. I know there are a lot of you. Uh, She'll be joining us later in the episode when I return to Sydney. Right now I'm in Melbourne. Uh, If you voted in our Serious Issues of 2016 awards last year, uh, there was an option in which I said, who is your favourite Serious Issues host? And uh, Siobhan won by a landslide. Not surprising. Uh, yeah, I, I, got, I got destroyed. Oh, who's this guy? <laughs> but there was an overwhelming uh, desire of, of our listeners to, for me to record, to, for me to put in a third option. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a third option was, please don't make me answer this. That was actually the winner. <laughs> but then it was Siobhan, really. I, 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 look, in any case, I'm the loser. Oh, uh, no. And uh, even if I put this fourth option, I think you would have gotten it as well. Yes. <laughs> the fourth option was, where can we vote for Meso? So, uh, returning for the second time on Serious Issues from the Weekly Planet podcast, we have Nick Mason. Hey, hey guys, what's happening? It's, it's great to be back. And uh, last time uh, I had Nick in, um, I uh, gave him all of the new number ones. Yes, you did. Because we begin every episode of Serious Issues by uh, reviewing all the new number ones that came out. In your famous week. segment, number ones. Uh, actually, got first things first. Oh, that's right. <laughs> not, not famous enough, clearly. <laughs> I thought I'd get in there. I know it's called first things first. I listened to the show. What was I doing? <laughs> um, but uh, I feel like last time it was it was... Pretty okay. There was maybe eight books all up around that number, something like that. Yeah, and there was mm. one truly despicable one, uh, Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop, number and one. And then for the rest of it, were like you know either good to comics aren't always that great sometimes. Right. This but, time, but how can you how can you appreciate the good without the bad? That's right. And I maintain that you can. <laughs> I maintain that if everything was excellent, we'd be fine with that. I, there would be no longing on my behalf. Like oh, I wish there was something bad this week. Well, I mean, there are comic book podcasts that only review the good stuff. Yeah, or okay. when they review the stuff, the, the, even the bad stuff, they just focus on the good. But this isn't that kind of podcast. Why Meso. would you? No. Uh, so I gave Meso fifteen number ones, something like that. Yeah. Uh, we both worked late last last night. Uh-huh, uh, considerably yeah. different jobs. I, uh-huh. I was DJing in a nightclub till till four a.m. And I'm a karate instructor. That's right. <laughs> till four a.m. <laughs> and uh, chops don't stop. That's what I say. That's uh, the tattoo across your forehead. That's right. Um, and. Uh, Meso managed to read all of these books in yes, the small amount of time between finishing work and coming to my Look, hotel Look, I'll be honest room. with you. There's one I didn't get through. See if you can guess oh, which wow. one of these. Okay, I cool. gave up. 
It wasn't the last one that I got to. It was in the middle, but I gave up on it. Well, there was one I gave up on midway through, so we we can both play this game. Yeah, great. (laughs) So uh, our world-famous segment, number Number ones. ones. (laughs) This is first things first. We review all the new number ones from uh, from last week. We're going to start with DC. Um, There there are a couple of books from DC. There's a couple of books from Marvel. There's a couple of image books, some Dark Horse books, Dynamite, IDW, and Aftershock all to get through. Let's kick it off with a book that I genuinely loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one that we've been talking about the last few weeks. It's called Commandy Challenge, uh, and it celebrates uh, what a wonderful writer and creator um, Jack Kirby was. Um, people, a lot of time, we've spoken about it before, but you know, they focus on the stuff that Jack Kirby uh, created for, for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, your Fantastic Fours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Yep, etc. Uh, etc. Et but what they what we we don't think about is all the times he had a tantrum <laughs> while working at Marvel and quit temporarily and did something else. So his most famous work for DC is the New Gods, mm-hmm. uh, Dark Side, uh, yes, who will famously see in uh, the Justice League movie mm-hmm. this this year. What do you? Uh, a little quick little prediction, May. So yes. reckon that'll be a great movie. <sighs> Look, here's the thing. <laughs> Every time. Just to maintain balance, every time one of these movies is on the way out, I say, look, there's every chance it's probably going to be good. And every time I'm lying <laughs> because I'm trying to stay positive and I, anytime I say that, I'm pretty sure it's going to be bad. But look, may, maybe this time he's, Zack Snyder's going to knock it out of the park. Maybe this time. Yeah. Uh, so Commandy Challenge uh, focuses on the last boy on Earth, Commandy, who uh, is a character created by Kirby in the... A long time ago. Mm-hmm. Don't quote us on that. <laughs> it may have been a short time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a long time ago. But uh, Kamandi is a, uh, a beautiful shirtless man with long, wavy blonde hair. Oh, so beautiful. Uh, in a world of anthropomorphic animals, um, he is the only human left. This is a week of anthropomorphic animals in number ones. Yep. Yep. <laughs> There's another one, I think. There's another one, right? I remember I remember all the ones featuring like shitty bands I don't like. Yep, and there's ba- bad bands. There's Nazis. It's a... It's got it all. Such a grab bag. Yeah, anyway, Commandy. Yeah. <laughs> Commandy Challenge is a, uh, a new series that they're doing. It's a 12-part series over at DC um, where different creative teams and fairly good creative teams, often it's a, 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 a newer writer working with a kind of classic DC artist. Mm-hmm. Um, every week, every I don't, actually, I don't, I don't know if this is weekly or monthly, but uh, for the next 12 issues, one issue is, will be written by one team mm-hmm. and then they leave it on a ridiculous cliffhanger and uh-huh. it's up to the next creative team to... Solve this problem that Commandy has got himself into. Mm-hmm. Um, so this first issue, we get a prologue, which uh, was I was very surprised to see, uh, written by Dan DiDio, uh-huh. uh, perhaps the most hated man working in DC, <laughs> at DC right now, and and, and also the, the the top dog. Um, he he wrote the uh, the the kind of prologue that sets up uh, Commandy leaving the Earth that he's that, that we would be familiar with, mm-hmm. and 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 being transported to. Uh, the planet full of those uh, aforementioned anthropomorphic animals. Um, art was by Keith Giffen, uh, who is yeah. someone that we've kind of come become to be more accustomed to as a terrible writer. <laughs> have Sco- we? Yeah. <laughs> on this show, we have. Okay. <laughs> Canonically on this show. Okay, yes. fantastic. Well, I, I, I stopped reading Keith Giffen sort of immediately post probably Justice League International. Which so, is wonderful. Yeah, so and, and I, I don't know his history from, from that point forward. So Every time we, 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 we say something that he's done recently has not been no good, we yep. go, but like Justice League yeah, International was great. Justice League, that but, was funny. You know, his, his, his last kind of outputs, uh, the, Be- the Blue Beetle book was probably the oh, worst yeah. book of Rebirth. Okay. Uh, and uh, he was involved in the uh, ridiculously bad Scooby-Doo apocalypse. Oh, sure, right. I know we have some listeners that enjoy that show, <laughs> but I enjoy that comic and I, I, I'm never going to give it another chance. I read uh-huh. three issues of it. 
it was far and away the worst thing I read last year. Is that a limited series or an ongoing? It's still series? going, and wow. and this week I, I they're advertising the um the trade of it, sure. and I was reminded of the uh, like barista esque uh, uh, Shaggy with his like. Uh, beautifully procured mustache. Oh yes, and uh, and big bushy beard. And I just uh, I was like, oh yeah, I'm so glad I'm not reading that. <laughs> anyway, he's on art. Keith Giffen's on art on this book. Very um, Kirby esque. He's very uh, yeah. He he's uh, he they, they've they've definitely sort of tried to ease us into here's the works of Kirby with with some art that looks very much like him. And then uh, less so, less yeah. so towards the, towards the back end. But, uh, and I think you know, I think that that's going to be good. There's going to be a lot of variation in, mm. in, in story and art in this anthology series. Um, Scott Coblish also did uh, uh, inking on um, on this opening prologue. Um, and then the bulk of this issue is written by Dan Abnett, who is currently writing um, Titans and Aquaman over at DC mm-hmm. since Rebirth started. Uh, and art is by Dale Eaglesham. Uh, which is a uh, distinctly more modern style than what we see in Keith Giffen's uh, uh, prologue. So, yeah, uh, immediately. Um, actually, now I'm now I'm actually panicking because maybe Keith Giffen did just write. I know. I, I swear I saw that he drew. No, I think it, it says. I think it says. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Story and art by. Yeah, artist. He was. He there we go. It. Cool. Fantastic. Right. Don't worry, everybody. It's fine. Don't kill us. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that the the, uh, the bulk of this story is called Commandy in K is for kill, and we see the last boy on earth. Uh, basically, have to battle his way out of a, uh, a, 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 a like a battle to the death with a ginormous ape, mm-hmm. which he uh, gets out of due to the uh, the gift of electricity. Mm, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we meet um, the various characters that are kind of in all the commandy books: uh, Prince Tufton and uh, Pri- and King Caesar, who are who are tigers. Um, and basically, like it's like there are all these different kingdoms of animals, and each kind of species of animals tries to wage war on the other and, and basically enslave other races. So we see enslaved leopards and, and, and elephants and uh, all the animals are very surprised that Kamandi can talk. Yeah, there is there is some... Uh, this, this, it's, it's very much Planet of the Apes in the sense that he'd be like, hey, it's me, it's me, Kamandi, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm an intelligent human, I'm forming full sentences, and they're like, oh, this funny creature, he he's, like, he's, like a par- he's like a parrot, he doesn't know what he's saying, and he's like... No, I, I do know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm in full command of my faculties over here. We're both speaking English. And they're like, this funny creature. I don't, look, I, I don't 100%. Look, I like this book, but I don't know if I love it. I don't know if I love the cast of characters necessarily. So you've not read a Commandy book before? Uh, I, I think I had like a uh, greatest DC books of the 1960s anthology or something like that. I'm sure I read the premiere mm-hmm. issue. Uh, I read him as Tommy Tomorrow, who is his... Parallel universe counterpart, but right. I've not really got into Commandy so much. Uh, so they, they released like a kind of uh, a collection of uh, a lot of Kirby's stuff with the character last week. So uh-huh. after reading that, reading this, it actually feels like they've completely nailed. Oh, great! Okay. What, what those books kind of the essence uh-huh. of those books were. I'm wondering if it will maintain that vibe throughout the entirety of this run, or sure. if writers will do you know much bigger, crazier things with the character, or if one of the writers and artists combos will attempt to just burn it to the ground because the chat there is a challenge inherent to this see if you can get see if you can is it are they attempting to stump the next creator i hope so i think that's the kind of the plan and but but then also as well as the comic that we get each issue the writer will write how they would have gotten out of the the situation that they put the next writers in Mm. 
So it's gonna be it's gonna be like a fun little series. I think this is like a really cool thing to exist. Um, I agree. Yeah. The you know there's, there's so many great writers um, uh-huh. coming up on it. Like, like Tom King's doing one. Great. Gail Simone's doing one. And then just like 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 Neil Adams, Peter Tomasi. Huh. Um, there's like, there's a very varied uh, list of, of of creators working on this mm. book. So I think this this is like if you are, are, are looking for if you love Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. this definitely feels like a goofy Jack Kirby. Absolutely. Book. Yeah. For me, I kind, I kind of wish. I kind of wish, as a challenge book, it were it were a character that more people were familiar with. I don't know, maybe that's just me. Yeah, I mean, maybe it works better that you know there's really no rules to this character, and you can change the continuity, or, or you can make the Earth hollow if you want to, Neil Adams, <laughs> if you want to do those things. But I don't know, maybe I, I would prefer a character that everybody's familiar with, so they can maybe Jimmy Olsen. He's he's he missing from uh from current rebirth continuity. Oh, I haven't seen him show think, up do you once. Do think Doctor Manhattan has him? Well, he, I mean, he died in Batman v Superman the movie, so maybe that's just canon now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen challenge. Mm. So sorry, you were that's saying? That's Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, for me, like, I think this is this is a, a really fun book that uh, if you if you just want like a light DC read that mm. <clears throat> isn't mired in what's to come, um, that's you know, true, this yeah. is a very very contained thing. So I I, I definitely recommend this book. Great. Um, over to uh, and I'll keep you abreast if if the, if the next issue is uh is is a real good one yeah okay uh, yeah I don't know Fantastic. although although it could be like you know I mean like oh this is a mistake <laughs> <laughs> um just a little uh, I forgot to say at the beginning we will be uh, talking at in depth for some of these books yeah uh, and I feel like with some of the superhero stuff I'm, I'm I'm less inclined to like not reveal a spoiler because who cares sometimes that's right? very true yeah exactly <laughs> so they'll retcon it in two issues anyway if so. you haven't re- read all your superhero books yeah. go read them first mm-hmm. we I'm excited for something. the Tom King issue now that you mention it yeah yeah having uh, uh, listen to this show and just started to get into say like Sheriff of Babylon and stuff like that. So I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, Sheriff of Babylon is is, yeah, is right. one of his one of the probably my favorite thing that he worked on last year. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Vision as well. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. finished that, yeah? I did. Yeah, awesome. great work, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about DC, mate. So and we're talking about <laughs> Justice League of America: Killer Frost Rebirth. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with the character of Killer Frost? Vaguely, I know she's <laughs> sort of associated with Flash Rogues. She's one of the Captain Cold. Cold snap, frostbite, cold generating people. So that's pretty exciting. Um, so they are doing, uh, they're, they're launching a new Justice League of America book, mm-hmm. um, which is written by Steve Orlando. And for the last few weeks, they have been focusing on the various, uh, like very, very lesser known characters yeah. that are going to make, make up this team. Last year, uh, last week you did the Ray, I think. Yeah, that's one, right. Which, who's a, uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Ray from back right, in the so day. Tell so. me, how the, what, what, was the, what does the Ray do? I've never heard of Well, the Ray, the Ray initially. He was. It was a. It was a reboot of a character, I guess, from the '60s. And the premise was that he, his, uh, he was. Oh, well, you, you read the book from last week, but you know that he, he was. It's the, the origin is essentially the same. That he uh, was. He spent his childhood indoors because his fa- His absent father told him that he couldn't leave because he's allergic to light. He's allergic to light, but actually he had the ray powers. And also in the in the original, he was. Um, there was there was a lot of. Oh, I've turned to light, and I've ended up somewhere else, and my clothes are gone. It was a lot of there was a lot of, there was a lot of shenanigans. He was also kind of a hacker character. Great that that character that is that is kept in, but uh, I don't know. He was just a he was a sort of fun and Spider Man esque, but he also had sort of you know 
larger scale cosmic adventures. So did you read him in books that were called The Ray, or did he show up in other DC? No, he was in The Ray. He had his own series right, for so quite a while. Yeah, a big big Ray fan over here. Yeah, Nick Rayson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very good. Um, so this uh, most recent spotlight is on Killer Frost, who is uh, this actually ties into Justice League versus Suicide Squad issue mm-hmm. six, which yep. came, out, came out this week. We'll be talking about it later in the episode. But uh, in in the Justice League versus Suicide Squad, Amanda Waller has recruited Kill- Killer Frost as the most mm-hmm. recent member of uh, Suicide. Squad and spoiler alert, uh, she ends up coming good at the end, saving the day. So Batman recruits her to be part of this new league team, along with Lobo, the Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really seen any interactions between him and uh, and the Ray or uh, um, the Atom yet, but uh, I'm sure we will. Okay. Um, so Killer Frost Rebirth. Um, all of the other books that these number one issues have been quite self-contained, mm-hmm. whereas this one like absolutely relies on what happened in, in another book that came out this right, week. Right, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Having not read that book, Meso, did yep. you enjoy this? I think there's enough context in this to enjoy it. Mm. Uh, let me just let me just give this a quick flick. It was written by uh, Steve Orlando with Jody Hauser. Uh, they've mm-hmm. been co-writing some of these uh, number ones together. Uh-huh. And art was by someone. Boy, was it ever. <laughs> someone just like classic DC in-house style. Uh, his name was... Uh, Mirka and Adolfo. Adolfo. There you go. Hmm, okay. Look, I found this perfectly serviceable. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> is that bad to say? Uh, yeah, this is one of the weaker of these uh, little intros, but I, I like all of these kind of pieces that they're putting together for this yeah. new JLA series they're doing. The Justice League book um, that has come out through Rebirth is, I think, probably, given the amount of characters that they have access to, I reckon far and away the worst, maybe worse than Blue Beetle. Huh. Um, it's been like so disappointing and without merit to me. Yeah, huh. Um, like I dropped that one pretty fast, and for me not to be able to like you know find something I like in the, a book featuring all of DC's main superheroes, right? Exactly, yeah. Oh, Black Canary, the martial arts master, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Also, an indie rock star. Is she going to be in it? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, that's fun. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I think this is uh, one of the weaker of these number ones, but it's still kind of you know putting all the pieces in play for this new mm-hmm. new book that I hope will be considerably better than the other Justice League book. Yeah. Also, I th- I find Batman to be. Uh, uh, Unusually trusting here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, she, she, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, internal angst where, uh, that the uh, Killer Frost is carrying around that could turn into horrible tragedy and or murder. And Batman's like, "No, nah, it's fine. Welcome to the team. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> What's your favorite Batman-led hodgepodge team of? You know, are you a Batman the Outsiders fan? Are you a uh, Batman and like some lesser known members in a in a separate league team. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't necessarily on the team, but he was sort of an unofficial advisor. Did you read Justice League Elite from a few years yes. ago? Yes, it was this. Look, I liked it a lot, but I think it's it's not very particularly well regarded. It's essentially the Justice League sort of black ops division formed from various former super criminals and. Uh, just whoever's left over, and it was an, it was an answer to the authority. I think yes, it was um, because, over at Wildstorm. Yeah, so so uh, the uh, Wildstorm had the authority, and then Batman, uh, rather Superman, fought the elite in his own book, which was sort of this take no prisoners, no holds barred sort of parody of the authority, and he defeats them because he's a you know. He's the best. What's of that all one? Good. That one shot is excellent, and they actually made a movie out of it. Um, yeah, I, um, Superman versus the Elite. Oh uh, no! It was, it was. I was the, the, the one shot is called like, uh, what's what's his motto? Truth, justice in the American that's way. That's right. What's yeah, so yeah. funny about truth, justice that's in the American it. way? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Nailed it. And that's that's yeah. And then they formed a team with 
the least the least murdery versions of it. The British the, 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 the British guy who killed everyone wasn't in there. Yeah, Manchester Black, he was out, <laughs> but his but his murderous sister who had his personality in her brain was still on the That's team. That's right. Um and they also had uh Green Arrow was on the team because he was he was Anti government, anti government, and they had the Flash because he could be on both things That's at once, right, which I thought so was fast. yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a fun series. And Batman was basically showed up sort of at the end of every issue, going, I don't know about this, but all right, continue. <laughs> and it was it was kind of it was kind of Kirby esque and cosmic, but it was also kind of you know. Early two thousands gritty. That yeah, that, that that that's one of the series that always shows up in comicsology sales. So next time you're looking for a, yeah. a an odd little tidbit in mm. the into you know two thousands era, ba- yeah, Batman and get that for a couple of bucks. Like, What's your favourite team? I Batman love the team. Batman, Batman the Outsiders mm-hmm. run. I love yep. and uh, I I find it so funny that Katana is now like in Suicide Squad, but right, I uh-huh. still associate her as like an outsider. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I really like that run. Um, that the one in the I don't even know who wrote it. The eighties one. Sure, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I'd, I'd also love Justice League International, I think, so much as just like oh, Batman course, is yeah. guy who doesn't even want to be on the team. Right. And, you know, the, the issue where he punches Guy Gardner is like That's right. one of my favorite DC movements of one, all time. One punch and he's out, yeah. <laughs> um, so Batman also showed up this week in uh, another number one. Uh, D- Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. Mm-hmm. Big issue that I have with this book. What's that? Wonder Woman 77, considerably older than young Bruce Wayne from Batman 66. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a, uh, a book... Um, they do a, like a lot of these team-up books now featuring 60s characters from yeah. um, alongside the Batman 66 show. Uh, this is written by Jeff Parker and Mark Andreco and pencils by David Hahn with inks by Carl Kazel. Um, has a great cover by Mike Allred. That's Allred. true, yeah. Um, they always do. Uh, Madman's very own Mike Allred, yeah. He did Madman stuff? Oh, Mad Mad. Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, I thought you meant Mad Men. Oh, right. Very, <laughs> yeah. very different properties. <laughs> yeah. He was Don Draper in, in Mad Men. Remember that? Um, so this is like a kind of weird flashback ep- issue in yes, which it, uh, it opens with Batman and, uh, and Run Robin uh, of the uh, 66 show fame uh, mm-hmm. taking down Catwoman um, mm-hmm. and uh, Talia Al Ghul has showed up. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the introduction of sort of uh, modern day Batman characters into into this Batman sixty six universe. I mean, it had to happen at some point, yes, right? It did, that yeah. You can't just have oh, it's King Tut again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, Eggman's back at oh, it again. Oh no! <laughs> um, so this, yeah, this introduced Rachel Ghoul. Mm-hmm. Are you a Raish or a Rajman? Oh, I've gone back and forth. I I think I think the correct way is Raish. Raish. But I'm going to go with Raz. Okay, cool. It's, yeah. All right. So now, Put my foot down. Yeah. We, at least we have a differing opinion. Good. <laughs> One thing. <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> um, so this, uh, yeah. Rachel Ghoul's in, t- in town, uh, <laughs> and and uh, Catwoman stolen an artifact from Talia, and Talia stolen an ancient book mm-hmm. that Bruce first encountered when he first uh, met Wonder Woman mm. when he was a young boy, That's and right. when he also first met Talia Al Ghul. Um, so this is a uh, I don't know continuity wise, who cares? But at sure, the same right. time, this is still like unnecessarily confusing in that regard. I think con- the, the one thing I do enjoy about this is continuity wise, like the first season of Wonder Woman, the TV series, I believe was set during World War Two. Right. So we do get okay, cool. Well, that 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 throws my complaints out the window. Right. Also, well, so we sort of get uh, and for whatever re- a reason that I cannot recall, the second season is set in the modern times. I guess it was just. Set wise, it was easier, and so they replaced all her friends in the 1940s with near identical friends in the in the in the 60s or in the 70s rather. So right, sure, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that, well, that that changes everything. 
Well, all right then. This this comic was fine. Oh, great! Yeah, <laughs> it was fine, wasn't it? I'm not going to read another issue of it, but um, mm. if you are a fan of either of these properties, I mean, I guess I you know I, I do love watching the Batman 60s shows and I collected a few of these comics when they came out and was like so amazed that DC was putting out something so fun and goofy Mm -hmm. when they were you know this is at the height of the New 52's uh, darkness Um, sure yeah but uh, I I don't get too much of a thrill out of reading them that's fair I also don't I I don't necessarily uh, feel this this characterisation of Batman jibes with the version in the TV series. This guy's kind of cool and casual and goofy, and he's like, hey, I'm just telling a story. I was just a little kid. You know, it's, it, 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 I feel that's that's not the voice of Adam West as Batman in the 60s. So, you know, little artistic license, but... No, no. Can, you, can you do a good Adam West? No. <laughs> was, that, was that you doing one? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, not not the best book, but uh-huh. uh, compared to everything else we read this week, the best book. <laughs> yeah, I'll give, it, I'll give it one more. I'll give it um, one more. Uh, finally, from DC, a, uh, a book I had no idea was coming out. Um, it's called Long Before Wonder Woman, Odyssey. Boy, very long before. Odyssey of the Amazons. And this is a ragtag group of Amazons mm-hmm. uh, in a really slow, <laughs> insanely... Like, there are so many characters in this book. Yeah. And it frequently jumps to completely new groups of characters. Yes, it does. Uh, the Amazons are made up of, of different female warriors from all over the world there there's a samurai in there is that is that a new wrinkle to the amazon continuity i i assume they all grew up there yeah me too i don't understand how this works maybe this is before like themiscira becomes what we know it to be yeah. i don't mm-hmm. know yeah mm-hmm. i this was a fucking mess to me i liked it i thought the art was great the, yeah, but again sure. you're right the at one point i thought i was following a particular set of characters and then they were all kidnapped and then those characters showed up to investigate the kidnapping and i'm like Oh, I was. We were following a different set of characters, and then I, it cuts to a bunch of characters on like a on on the on a boat, mm. and I don't I don't think we'd seen those characters before. I, I, like it is balancing so like, there would be twenty new Amazon characters that you're right, introduced yeah. to in this, uh-huh. uh, and I think they're trying to balance that by going, okay, well here's the samurai one, and here's the yeah, but like other. yeah, make it like five, <laughs> right? Like, exactly, the, yeah, not twenty, yeah, yeah. Uh, have 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 the have some just interchangeable. Fairly bland characters be kidnapped. Don't, yeah. give, don't give me more with backstories and, well, and children. Hopes and dreams. The children kids, be kidnapped. Kids are fine. Yeah, they love being kidnapped. You don't even That's have what to. happens all the time. That's right. That, hence the name. Uh, I was actually going to predict this is one of the ones that you didn't read all the way through. Oh no, I got there. Yeah. Well, well done. <laughs> I, I considered dropping this one. Like, like I was like, man, I definitely skimmed the last few pages. It was very dense without much actually happening. A lot of arguments between people who could have been the same character. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, Why is uh, that lady arguing with herself? <laughs> again. But she now she has different braids. Now she's on, on a Look, boat. I got through it making the assumption that it was going to be, there was going to be an incredible payoff or that it was quite, it was going to be quite deep and meaningful and I didn't want to seem like a real idiot for missing out on some subtext, but I don't think there was any subtext. No, and there wasn't even like the reveal of like a famous Wonder Woman character at the end That's or true. like, you know, at least a, or at least like that, that Wonder Woman's character's grandma or something. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, we get some mentions of Hippolyta, but she's not in it. Uh, we get some mentions of Artemis, but I think that's a different Artemis than the version I read in the 90s, so... Didn't, didn't say him. Yeah, not going to be reading another issue of this one, Probably unfortunately. Yep. Um, so we're going to move over from uh, um, DC to Marvel. Uh, first book from Marvel is uh, a book written by Nick Spencer with art by Rod Reyes. It is a epilogue to Civil War II, the beloved Marvel event from last <laughs> year. Uh, this is Civil War II, The Oath. Yep. Uh, Mesa, did you read Civil War, The Oath? Uh, it was the, a book that Bendis wrote with art by... Um, 
uh, Alex Maleev, I think. And it was uh, after the first Mark Miller written Civil War Uh War event. It was basically Iron Man standing over a a dead Captain America, Mm -hmm. apologizing, saying that things didn't go the way he intended and like kind of admitting where he was wrong and also being super upset at Cap for being so goddamn stubborn. Look, I haven't read it, but you've painted a picture so vivid in my mind that it feels like I have read it. So, (laughs) So this is essentially... The same thing in reverse. So I, I feel I haven't. I didn't read Civil War two, but as oh, I understand <laughs> it, quite the slog. Not even a slog because the the issues were, were quite. It was a slog in that it was it came out over such a drawn out amount of time. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it took them the entire year to put out eight issues. Yeah, uh-huh. and um, nothing like there were definitely like three issues in there that not one thing happened. Great, and also it's one of those crossovers where if you're reading an unconnected book. They have to do a Civil War II issue yep. and it takes you out of the story you're enjoying to be this hellscape of... What, what if I was What if I was the murderer of Captain America? What's the... Oh. Well, like, yeah, like... Um, the, oh, before we continue on our adventure, I just want to put the news on quite quickly. What? Hawkeye's oh, been arrested. Let's right. talk about Hawkeye for an entire yeah. issue for some reason. Mm. Uh, so that happened. That, that definitely made it feel very drawn out and, and mm. a real slog, but... I think if you were to pick up the Civil War II trade whenever it comes out, yeah. you could probably burn through it in 20 minutes. Great, okay. Um, so this is a uh, like a little kind of... I mean, the oath for the first Civil War event definitely kind of just tied a bow around the mm-hmm. Civil War. Yep. And it was like this nice kind of post-event kind of wrap-up where you kind of... Basically, they, they humanized Tony Stark again because right, he's yeah. far and away the bad guy in, uh-huh. in that series. Yeah. The bad guy in Civil War 2 was, I guess, Captain Marvel. Sure, and so right. I was expecting this to be the reverse, where we see her over the top of Iron Man's body, uh-huh. who, which is comatose after Civil War 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, it's the, the flip of the first oath, and it's um, Captain America and Iron Man, except Iron Man's on, on the table, and, uh, and, and Cap is not. And Cap kind of reveals his allegiance to Hydra. Right. Do you know about this stuff? You I am aware of it. And online? I, I remember at the time, they, they released the first issue and they were like, you know, we had the Hail Hydra situation. And I think they made, a, they made a press release and they're like, just to be clear, guys, this is definitely Captain America and it's not a clone and it's not an imposter and it's not a shapeshifter and it's not a guy with a hologram and it's not a something something. And I read that and went, doesn't rule out anything. Yeah, there's exactly. still one thousand more things that it could be. <laughs> don't don't try and trick me. Uh, what do you think it is? Oh, we we know, we, oh, we also, they know. have revealed that. Is so it what, the, was it the cosmic cube? The cosmic cube. Um, Red Skull got yep. the got the fragment of a cosmic cube. Red Skull turned that into a girl called Kobik. Okay, Kobik. Uh, at the time, Captain America, Steve Rogers was uh, an old man, uh-huh. uh, and she gave like Presley returned the super serum to his body and yep. then dust returning him to his youthful good looks uh-huh. but in doing that rewrote his history so he is mm. a uh, like a sleeper hydra agent yep and so now he's working for red skull and but still having to be captain america sure, and right. the big so the big event coming up is secret empire uh-huh. this year um some would say way too fucking soon after civil <laughs> war 2 especially sure. when you've got monsters yep. uh, unleashed and um uh uh what is it in humans versus X Men, sure, in the middle right, of uh-huh. both of those events. Yep. Well, but that's that's the stunt treadmill, man. You can't get off. Especially once you're Marvel. On. Yeah, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time defending Marvel. I, <laughs> I still think, in spite of like these big dumb decisions that they do, like they are putting out, I think more, like you know, a couple more 
better books than DC are. Uh-huh, sure. Um, you know, I, I, I probably dropped half the Rebirth books that I, that I picked up when, uh-huh. when Rebirth started. There are, no, that's not to say they're like they're both, basically both publishers are putting out some great stuff. Agreed. They're also putting up some not so good, great mm-hmm. stuff. And I think people focus on these, you know, like big events that Marvel do and say, well, Marvel sucks. And I'm like, well, no, within that, there's, you know, the Thor run, there's the yeah. Vision run that you love so much last year. There's all these things that don't have to, and then there are books that even have to tie in like Power Man and Iron Fist that are excellent as well. There's, there's a lot of great Marvel books. This was for me, Civil War II, the oath. Um, like I loved that the first oath from the first event tied the, tied it up that event up so, so neatly. It was like mm-hmm. this nice little epilogue and, uh, I don't think it set up anything for the future. It was right, like this okay. nice uh-huh. apology to Iron Man for being a dick, basically. Oh, sure. Um, and uh, I really wanted them because they've destroyed the character of Captain Marvel. Oh, I, I was unaware. She's like an just like, and they're, they're kind of she's she emerges like the winner of Civil War Two, but like sure, at uh-huh. the expense of kind of being like. Just a, just they've kind of destroyed her character. That's interesting for a character they're going to introduce in the movies well, very did, shortly. They did that was that was they did the same thing with the Civil War event yeah. because mm-hmm. the Iron Man movie wasn't far off. That's true, yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so I was I was kind of expecting them to redeem Captain Marvel somewhat mm. in this book. They don't. Uh, yep. Instead, this is just basically pushing. It's 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 a preview for 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 Secret Empire. Yeah, and boy, is it a gab fest! <laughs> Let me tell you, I was expecting some action at some point. There was no action. Well, I mean that 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 is very in line with the first Oath book. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was your, your classic Bendis talking heads issue. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, look, I didn't I didn't dislike this. Uh-huh. I just I I really like they're in dire need of of, of making Captain Marvel a likable character mm-hmm. again. Yep. And her ongoing series that just started last week, I don't think is doing that yet. Sure, uh, so right, I was uh-huh. kind of I wanted like her to kind of have a a, a a a nice kind of inside moment where we where we learn more about her her decisions and her regrets from mm-hmm. from from this event. But instead, you know, we 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 basically like you know, there's some cool stuff in here of of Cap. You know, revealing his his Hydra insides. Yeah, right. I, I, I just, a lot of this art is great. We've got this black and white and red kind of color scheme on a few of these pages, which I, I like a lot. Something that I, oh, and we've got the final reveal of, you know, an authoritarian vis- future of the visions of uh of, of the future that that, yeah. that Ulysses sh- uh, showed Captain America was Hydra taking over America. Right. So there is, I mean, that's, you know, I guess you could justify buying this four ninety nine issue to see that. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like as someone that already reads Captain America, like I already know that he's bad and yeah, right? like, uh-huh. I don't, I don't, I don't think this was, you know, like you said, it's a gab fest. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't learn that much from all of these speech bubbles. Like that's true. Look, I, and again, I, I thought a lot of this was kind of, you know, it's, it's very topical and it's very, you know, I, I, you know what? I thought all the art was great. I thought all the dialogue was great. Sure, it just didn't really go anywhere. Here's a, here's an issue I had with this: is that Captain America is standing over the body of Tony Stark, who's been grievously injured to some degree, and he's just saying, "Well, we know you're going to get out of this, so maybe some, you know, maybe you'll learn in the future." But we we all get that nobody ever really dies in comics. We get that Bruce Banner's not going to be dead forever. We get that Rhodey's not going to be dead forever. We know that Tony Stark's going to come out of this. Don't tell us that. Don't. And I like. And I know you. You read a book where somebody will be like, "Hey, didn't you die a month ago?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, but I'm fine now." And it's a it's a fun little fun little joke. But don't in a in a serious context. Don't have one character say to another character that's in a you know a near death coma. We know you're going to get out of this because it ruins the. Yeah, the funny thing is, of all the deaths from Civil War Two, the one that they fo- focus on the most was Rhodey War uh-huh. Machine. Like yep. he, he got like. 
funeral issues and yeah. he had a lot of different, especially the black characters within the Marvel Universe, kind of uh, dealing with his death and how important he was to them. Yep. And then Bruce Banner's death happened in midway through Civil War Two. You had like the Hulk related characters angry about it, but that yeah. was about it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I don't know if I'd buy Hulk related characters being angry. But... <laughs> and then with Tony Stark, it's just like they just kind of mention. Well, now Tony Stark's not Iron Man anymore. Mm-hmm. There's been no weird funeral issue or anything mm-hmm. like that for him. So this also, is... he has great hair for a dead man. I give him that. I mean, that, that's I reckon that that would be how it works. I mean, yeah. what, what do you think Robert Robert Downey Jr. is going to look like when he dies? Oh, incredible! Beautiful. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how good is uh, the idea of uh, someone standing over Robert Downey Jr. when he finally dies? Like, I know you're going to get out of this, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah. You're rich. You're a ce- rich celebrity man, so you'll be fine. Um, how did Iron Man die? Because he seems to be in pretty good shape. Uh, Captain Marvel punches a fucking hole in him. Like, you know. Oh, like through his chest. Yeah. Huh. Um, well, they've done a great job on that body because yeah. he looks fine. He like basically puts on like the Hulkbuster uh, yep. armor and goes tries to take Captain Marvel down. It's the dumbest issue of Civil War Two, yeah. and then she punches the heck out of him, <laughs> and uh, then he's then he can't get up because he's disabled. But he uh, his AI system, mm-hmm. you can read the adventures of every month in uh, uh, one of the Iron Man books. Oh, the the new one with Riri Williams. Williams. Yeah. That's right. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, Civil War II, The Oath. Like, not a bad book, but also Nick Spencer's already doing this story in his Captain America books. I don't think this added too much to that. Sure, right. And it was $4.99. Uh-huh. Do you think that he was like, oh, I've got a lot of internal monologuing to get through and they won't let me put as much as I want and I just need another No, issue. I think Marvel were like, hey, we want to do a, a, a four ninety nine issue of mm-hmm. The Oath. Can you yeah. write heaps of dialogue for it. Right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the thing that Marvel... I, don't, I really don't like the four ninety nine price point. No. And this is coming from someone that, like, you know, we, I, don't, I don't pay for these books for the show. They're uh-huh. very graciously given uh, to us for the show from King's Comics uh, in, in Sydney. Kingscomics.com. Uh, that's right. If you want to uh, buy any of these online or in store, go to King's Comics and uh, you, you probably... You, you actually hear voices from all the staff at King's Comics that's pop right. up on different episodes of Serious Issues. We love them. Thank you. But... Uh, I think the, the four ninety nine price for one of these issues, and the next one, like you probably didn't pick up on, but we're gonna talk about the Avengers Monsters Unleashed. This is uh, the Avengers one point MU, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and this ties. Into we've the... run out of zero issues, guys. We don't have anything left. No, we've already done a zero issue. We've done a zero point one issue. Oh. Now we know we're point MU. Yeah, this, this Avengers one in particular has a lot of points and mm-hmm. all kinds of crap. Uh, this is a tie into Monsters Unleashed, which is a, a, a fairly fun contained event that Monsters, uh, that's right, that Marvel are doing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, my biggest problem with this issue is that we've actually seen like eight pages of it in the Monsters Unleashed issue that came out last week. That itself was four ninety nine. This mm. is four ninety nine as well, and so you're is, paying for shit you've already seen. Also, is this not is this from a different perspective, or it's the same art? I couldn't compare it. It's definitely okay. the complete same dialogue. Okay, great. There's the, so this is basically deals with the Avengers dealing with a bunch of monsters after a really badly written Spider-Man helps them, uh, <laughs> like enlists the, the Avengers to take down the Magia. Look, I didn't, I didn't hate the, this characterization of Spider-Man. He he walks a fine line between being fun and incredibly irritating. I don't know what his characterization <laughs> is currently, but <laughs> that's the, that's the Spider-Man you know and love. Yeah, is so clearly. Becoming rich has uh, has messed with his mind in some uh, way. So this is written by Jim Zub, who uh, obviously this is the regular Avengers run is being written by Mark Wade. So Jim Zub's filling in for this issue. Uh, an art by uh, Sean Izaxi. I-, I thought the art was was very competent and mm-hmm. fine, uh, but uh, I just couldn't forgive like you just reprinting shit we've already right, seen. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, yeah, I mean, okay, it definitely was different art because it's a different artist on it, but like it was almost the same panel lay- layouts. From memory, at least. Disappointing, yeah. Um, and uh, 
the story is relatively contained, but oh no, oh no, I, actually, I, don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if what we see. Basically, this this like you know they, they take down the monsters, mm-hmm. good on them, and then <laughs> there's the weirdest cliffhanger I've read in a long time. Spider Man just he just disappear. Oh, is that what he does? Yeah. I just thought like a light shone out of his cheek. Oh, oh, that what a twist! So Spider Man disappears, right? I think so. Yeah. All oh, right, so that must tie in. There was also a uh, Spider Man and Deadpool monsters unleashed tie in. Okay. Maybe he, he like zaps over to 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 that book. Perhaps so. Yeah. I, yeah. I I thought I would save you having to read two Monsters Unleashed <laughs> tie-ins this week, so I, I didn't bring that. Do, do the Monsters Unleashed have any precedence in Marvel? Are they an old? Are they old monsters that they're bringing back? Or so it just... it's a bunch of like gross monsters take like uh, basically like all over the world and different mm-hmm. teams. So like the Guardians are taking over, uh, are fighting one team. Yep. One bunch of monsters. The Inhumans I think are in like Venice or something. Okay. Uh, and then uh, like X Men are I think in like like. Paris or something like that like they're all over the world baby mm-hmm. taking yeah. down these monsters but at the end of the first I was like it's it's like fine it's just like it's kind of like what you see here yep. them fight it, actually it is what you see here right because this is reprinted but um uh it ends with um the mon- Marvel monsters that we know and love Fin Fang Foom oh sure yep mm-hmm. and um others um Kirby creations yeah. um Devil basically dinosaur. showing up is, is Devil Dinosaur well Devil Dinosaur is actually in a book with, uh, called, called oh, yes, Moon Girl right. which is brilliant mm-hmm. if you haven't picked, checked no, out I'll yet. get to it that's one of the best books Marvel are putting out right now um, but uh, yeah a bunch of like famous Marvel monsters show up to a little kid's house and he's been doing these sketches of them uh, and like, so seemingly he's like summoned them to come and help or something like that okay so that element of, of the of the of the monsters unleashed is, is very appealing mm-hmm. but like just like Marvel heroes b- battling nondescript gross monsters they're very vague these monsters yeah mm. uh, so yeah I think there's going to be like some kaiju-esque kind of uh, it, issues it feels very up. much like somebody saw Pacific Rim <laughs> and they've been trying to get this on the slate for a really long time like a couple of years and finally they're like oh we've got nothing after Civil War 2 so let him do the monster thing it's fine uh, the, yeah this was, this was nowhere near as good as the first Monsters Unleashed issue was to me that was like a, a nice surprise actually mm. uh, obviously you're running to the comic book shop to, uh, to pick that up no. after reading this no okay right so out of uh, we had two Marvel books two DC books who do you think won this week Meso? Ooh. In the in the first things first, oh boy, big two challenge. Well, that is tough, actually. Now that I think about it, look on. Uh, what's that? Look, I had more fun with Marvel this month. This, there you go. This week, so yeah. Are they, have they? They expl- really do pay you, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they pay me in joy every single week. Is there any explanation as to why the vision is is just on the team? And uh, nobody has an issue with that. Yeah, no, they. they uh, he is on the team. Yeah, he just right. is. Like, uh, and cool he's man. kind of like he's a little bit gray area sometimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viv Vision from that Vision run is on yes. the champions team. She is. That's which true. Is yeah. Even stranger to me. Uh-huh. Uh But uh, and and it looks like we're going to get a champions monsters unleashed tie in uh, next month too. So. Hopefully I'll be back in. I will. I will be back in Melbourne. May I force you to read that Let's when do it, it comes out? <laughs> um, so over from the big two right now, we'll move over to Image. Image put out two number ones this week. One was a, a one shot. Mm-hmm. The other was a uh, the first of a four issue Southern Crime Romance, which was actually released uh, quite a few years ago. Um, written by Jason Latour, who is most famous, especially Southern the, Bastards. That's right. The artist. But he's on the, the he's the artist, and he's writing on this. Okay. But he also writes Spider Gwen for Marvel. Yep. And he took over, I think, on writing duties for the Wolverine and the X Men run when Jason Aaron finished. Okay. Uh, he's a capable writer. I much prefer him as an artist. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I'd not read this. This is a, this is a book that he wrote uh, a long time ago. He actually the the. Uh, oh, he's got a little epilogue here. Where a little he's... epilogue where he writes about it ten years ago. Huh. Um, so uh, 2006, this one, this issue so came out. So is this out. a reprint? This is a reprint. Yeah, Siobhan talked about this 
in an earlier episode of Series Issues, and I think she mentioned that this maybe never got finished or never the last issue. Okay. Was, so I'm not sure if that's entirely true, but uh, this this is the first issue of, of Loose Ends. I've uh-huh. not read it ten years ago, so reading this now, um, this is a uh, very very much fits in into the kind of story that we're used to from Southern Bastards. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. we, we meet uh, a bunch of gross characters <laughs> in the South doing um, gross stuff. They're all the worst. There's crime. There's horrible murder. There's yep. yeah. There's there's lots of copious drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this far and away the best number one I read this week. I yeah, most yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, um, yeah. Without spoiling too much of the plot, we um we we kind of uh, introduced to a, a character who returns to town um to see an an old an old uh, someone that he had, used to have a romantic past with. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and uh, she works at a bar, and there's a bunch of despicable characters in that bar. And uh, what happens when he steps in and tries to uh, take these despicable characters down? Yeah, right. Uh, so this is going to be like, yeah, it's four issues. Um, great start. The art is by... Ooh, uh, Chris Brunner, who's um, also Southern Bastards in some degree. Right? I, I, did he, um, if, if, he, if he was, he maybe he drew the, uh, the issue that Jason Latour wrote of Southern yeah, Bastards. Yeah, perhaps so, yeah. Featuring mm-hmm. that kid. I really like that issue. So yeah, I, 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 that, that sounds about right. And uh, colours in this one, great colours by Rico Renzi. Mm. Uh, I highly recommend this book. Yeah, I, I, I love the art. Um, kind of scratchy, kind of stylized, but uh, yeah, real, real nice. And uh, the story kind of jumps all over the place in parts. That's that true. I did have, I have to. I did have to read this twice. Same. But I, don't, I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. I, I like reading a book through being lost a little bit and then hitting the final page and going ah, oh, and then going back and reading again and it yeah, making yeah, sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's fine. Yeah, and uh, as as you reread this one, especially, I think uh, more things jumped out at the art. On the second time around, like we've got a character who who previously was playing on like the 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 time crisis kind of gun gun game, and she's she's got a gun for real. Spoiler alert! It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's great. I, I enjoyed this one a lot, so I'm, I'll be back for two, three, and four. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Latour is a, like a great talent. Southern Bastards, like far and away, like always one of my top five books of each year. It's out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if if you're already a Southern Bastards fan, definitely pick up Loose Ends. If you're a fan of crime books, A Hundred Bullets. Um, yep. that mm-hmm. kind of uh, crime where none of the characters are likable, <laughs> but you still kind of like them. Maybe we'll learn to love them. Um, yeah, definitely pick up Loose Ends, number one. Uh, Image put out another book this week. And I, I know, you know, we, we, have, we normally have a little segment where we kind of pick whether an uh, image book will sell out, a number one image right. book will sell out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the jury was out with this, with this book um, because Image have a little imprint called Top Cow. Boy, do they ever. <laughs> if you remember those swimsuit issues from back in the day. Yeah, so, mm. like, you know, when Image started, it was very much like everything you laugh about 90s comics. Mm-hmm. You know, the people, there, there's still a lot of love for some of the, the, the titles they put out, but the the imprint that really holds on to what Image used to be is yeah, top, right. top Cow. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, bad boys with guns mm. and, and uh, bikini-clad girls and all that kind of stuff and very dated kind of art for the most part. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a wild card when it comes to whether the comics will actually be good. I really enjoyed a book that they put out last year called Eclipse. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll give this book a chance. Uh, this is a one-shot called Dante. Oh, is it not continuing this one? Apparently oh, that's, not. That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> this is written by Matt Hawkins with art by Derek Robertson. Mm-hmm. Who, the, from uh, Transmetropolitan, The right. Boys. The Boys. Um, what are you doing, mate? What are you? <laughs> well, at the moment, he's been writing... Uh, sorry, he's been doing the art for a couple of Valiant titles oh that's right yeah um but uh yeah so he must have done this uh in in some spare time he had last year <laughs> or something uh may so one of my favorite things that happens on the weekly planet is uh 
when uh, Mr. Sunday Movies tells you to tell 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 everyone listening what happened oh, in this book. Oh, what the plot is. The plot. Oh, okay, all right. What was the plot of Dante? Oh, so this guy, he's a... <laughs> Uh, he's a cool killer, but also he's a family man. But he's he's it's fine because what what's the worst that could happen in that scenario to be a murderous killer, but also have some vulnerable wife and children? Um, and then he's in a cool gunfight with some cool dudes, just just shooting and being cool. Guns in each hand, probably. I can't remember. But hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Almost certainly. Uh, Gun sideways, I don't know. Saying some fun dialogue and he accidentally kills a, a, a child. And he like and it the, happens in, in in his line of work. It happens. Yeah, just you just kill all kinds of kids, um, and then he uh, and that that's in full view of what what we assume is the kid's mother, who and and then he she places an ancient oriental curse. She places a, a very dishonorable curse upon that man, <laughs> uh, and then he wakes up and he's covered in ta- he's covered head to, head to toe in tattoos that won't come off, uh, and he has to uncover the mystery of of why he's got them and. Now he's got to kill everybody. Yeah, so basically each we tattoo... We right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Don't, don't read this book. This <laughs> sucked. Um, each tattoo represents a, like, a crime until humanity that he's caused yeah. by, by, by murdering someone who didn't deserve it or a life that he's ruined by killing their father, specifically the first person he ever killed. Yeah. And so I guess if this were to be a continuing series, it would be him taking care of these hits that he's taken out and yep. looking after the families that he's destroyed. Yeah, and right. each time he does that, he loses a disgusting face tattoo. I think he's going to run out of money and, and, <laughs> and, and, and alimony payments because he's got a lot of tattoos. It's, it's a very bold choice to give him like 300 tattoos and be like, we're going to go 300 issues with this. Absolutely. My... Uh... I think the worst trope, and I can't believe it still exists. I'm I'm, I'm watching Sherlock for the first time. Oh yes, mm-hmm. and the second ish episode ever is like, oh oh, the Chinese. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Um, and I I think just that that idea that you know of this like 
you know, it's such a carry on from like pulpy stuff from like the right. 30s through to yeah. the 50s of like, you know, all the the crazy mystics that you see over in the in what's, that wild what's, Orient. What's like, coming out of that Orient? Who knows? What's happening in those opium dens? You know what I mean? I, I, I just like, it's racist to do that yeah. shit now. And yeah. it's also like hacky as fuck because it's just been done so many times before. Yeah. That for me was, I mean, there's not, there's not much to like anyway, but that for mm. me was like, this is a bad book. Man, this guy's a, this guy's a killer and he's a lover. You know what I mean? Oh, he's great. Oh, he, this guy fucks, guys. Yeah, you better believe it. This felt like, uh, this, this is the my name of, my name is Earl of, uh, <laughs> of killers because he has to go and make amends to all the people he's wronged. Great show. Yeah, right. How many seasons did you get into My Name Is Earl? Not that many. Yeah, I think, I think half. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, uh, my name is Earl. Fans, hit us up if you would if you would read a, uh, a limited series uh, written by this guy. Of, my name is Earl, drawn by yep. Derek Robertson. He's been cursed uh, to uh, to walk the earth. Yeah, this I don't know about this. Yeah, no there's, good. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of internal monologuing. Yeah, there, was a, there was a shitload of that this week. Yeah, I, yeah. I think maybe that's something I didn't love about Commandy or or Killer Frost. There was a lot of. It felt almost as if. They're they're on the verge of bringing back thought balloons. Oh, they pretty much are with uh with uh with all those rebirth books. It's like everything oh, is like good. my name is Blue Beetle and I am blah blah. Oh, blah. No, I'm gonna get There's a Green Lanterns book which begins every single issue with my name is blah blah, blah and I'm a Green Lantern. My name is know. yeah. Um, they're actually you know there is a Marvel book coming out right now called World of Wakanda which is written by Tana oh, yep. Coates and Roxanne Gay mm-hmm. and they it's a romance book but they've brought back thought bubbles exclusively about like feelings for the other oh, characters okay. right. and it works that so works. well okay. but you know I th- yeah thought balloons are such a thing of the past and like they're why I can't read Chris, Chris Claremont X-Men books I was gonna say yeah it's, um, a, it's a slippery slope to just people saying what their powers are as they're using their powers that was also in the you days where you, where you had to assume that every book was everyone's everyone reading's first book right. ever so you had yeah. to just say everything within it yeah anyway we thought get bubbles. it the, the, we get it the beams coming out of your eyes are dangerous you they do work explain. they do work in like 80s batman books yeah that's, that's true but when it, when you're like it's a team of, of of like you know 10 mutants and everyone has thought bubbles yeah i always confusing. think there's not enough time to think the thing you're thinking while you're performing that action if you if if you're swinging a punch and you have to explain how mighty your strength is as you're swinging the punch, <laughs> just take it out because you, you don't have time to think that. Um, so, Meso, those are the Image, DC, and Marvel books. But guess what? We've still got seven, six books, <laughs> six, six number ones to talk about and a little, uh, little tease for the, how we're going to finish our little chat. Uh, Meso and I are going to talk about uh, James Bond. We're going to talk about yes, Warren, Warren Ellis's recent James Bond run because uh, I read it, Siobhan didn't, and then I, I gave Meso all the issues uh, to read, thinking he would read it in the next month. He read them all last night. <laughs> yeah, I did. So that's amazing. I'm glad I left them till last. If I'd, if I'd read James Bond and I'd enjoyed that very much, spoiler alert, I did, and then I had to go to some of these, probably would have given up on more of them, if I'm honest. Uh, yeah, so before we get to something good, let's get through, oh boy, it's going to get real dark in these, uh, in these <laughs> issues. Uh, we'll kick it off with uh, two books from Dark Horse. Uh, who actually put out some great books this week that we'll be talking about in the bulk of the episode. Uh, Briggsland and uh, a couple other books. Um, Ether. There's some great great Dark Horse books right now. But unfortunately, and you would think this would be a, like you know a no-brainer, the Hellboy Winter Special, written by Mike Mignola with Chris Robertson, um, and then uh, art by various yeah. colors, of course, by Dave Stewart. I'll start with the very good, the back cover of this book. Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics? That's right. 
Great. No, he's, he's, <laughs> Dave Stewart's like the go-to colorist for all Dark Horse. Oh, I see. Uh, the back cover is drawn by Jeff Darrow. And Great. it is Hellboy amidst a bunch of penguins in the desert. Didn't even notice that until now. That's but the I love fucking it. best. Yeah, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the rest of this book is like, we can keep this book, this review short, mm-hmm. like unnecessary. <laughs> Just the whole thing? The whole thing. I, I didn't gain... I didn't gain anything from reading. Well, Hellboy's this. not even in the first story, so that's number one. But the, yeah, that that that's like you know, Hellboy is a universe unto yeah, itself, that's true, and yeah. so we mm-hmm. see uh, a character that we've been introduced to in uh, the Rise of the Black Flame mi- miniseries yeah. that's been going on over there. Mm. Uh, I thought elements of that story might pop up again in, in the subsequent. In, yeah, stories? but instead yeah. we just introduced like this weird MacGuffin kind of. Snow power yeah. bracelet that some character has, and I don't know. It does, all these things are they're all. It's like a, it's an anthology book. All the stories are very short. At least the one in the middle is like kind of. A, I guess what I thought was the the best art, and it's just a fight. Right, Hellboy. sure. It's it's this one is and the BPRD. Yeah, it's it's, and, it's and, very and a Santa Claus. Yeah, it's very much shades of. Do you remember that issue of Hitman where they fight a nuclear powered Santa yes. Claus? Same guy basically. <laughs> uh, also, it's February now. Like <laughs> Dark right, Horse, yeah. get your shit together. Yeah, right. Oh, it's actually it's January. It's not quite February. It's almost February. Uh, if you round up the days, it's, it's February. basically February. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why you're doing your winter special now. Yeah, we had actually the art I enjoyed the most was this final story, which is uh, Hellboy and Liz and Abe Sapien go to the forest to fight some sort of ghost that then disappears, and we never know what happened to the ghost. Or maybe it's a witch. Who's to say? Uh, Art wise, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, that was, yeah. this, 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 those last two stories were fine. I think there was yeah. just that first one was wholly unnecessary. Yeah, they, they, none of this really went anywhere. Yeah. But uh, look, I love a bit of Hellboy, so yeah. So do I, but there are still, in, in spite of Mike Mignola finishing up Hellboy with Hellboy in Hell, mm-hmm. I feel like Dark Horse still put out a Hellboy book every fortnight. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Dark Horse also put out, and this is the first of, uh, of two comics we're going to talk about that feature rock bands. <laughs> Holy shit, this was yeah. fucking terrible. Yeah. Slayer, Repentless. What if, what if suddenly I had a different opinion on this? What if I was like, I love this. John Schnepp uh, with, uh, on writing with art by uh, uh, Gu Villanova and Mauricio Wallace. Who is John Schnepp? Is that, that's a name I recognise, but maybe... Maybe, he's, maybe he's in Slayer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Look, initially I saw this and I thought... Oh, it's a comic book called Slayer. Isn't it funny how it has the, the title has the same font as the band Slayer? Wouldn't it be weird if... Like, maybe it's a weird variant cover and they're like, well, we're called Slayer, so let's have the cover maybe like a Slayer, like the band. But no, it's actually a book... Based off of, I think, some songs and videos a that video Slayer put out. A video series that Slayer put out, yeah. And Slayer have been in the news recently as being, like, revealed as being, like, like right-wing idiots. Oh, no. So, to have this, like... like that's the, I'm not quite sure if they total line being to being pro or anti-Nazi in this book. Do you think maybe they, they were like, okay, we're going to put up, put up a vision board for this, this series. Slayer, put some stuff on the, on the vision board for us and we'll write it. And they just, just wrote Nazis. It. They just filled it with swastikas. Yeah. Nazis, and they're like... Nazis and Slayer Yeah, right (laughs) So this is a book about a guy Who used to be a Nazi Whose uh, brother, who was still a Nazi Tries to kill him in prison This guy's, like, he's been shunned by his brother Because now he's dated Dating a black woman And uh, she has a horrible Grizzly death She's murdered by a man with a goatee And that's always bad Uh, And and this is coming from someone who used to have a goatee. That's right, yeah. The, um, worst, the worst kind of people. <laughs> uh, and then we... Uh, I, 
this horrible mess of a story that tries to be edgy with Nazi so characters, edgy. but I just think it almost like humanized them. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Like, like you know, edit point, everyone. No, no, it was in like it tried to humanize yeah, these no, characters. Like, yeah. It wasn't anti-Nazi enough for me. No, right. And look, and Briggsland, which I mentioned earlier, has Nazi characters in it. And it tries to like present them as a like this is why they chose this path. This is why these people work with these people. Uh-huh. This was just like they're Nazis. Like these are all the Nazi characters. This guy used to be a Nazi. I don't know. Yeah. And he's also he's some sort of ex-Nazi super soldier. He just escapes from prison somehow. Like they're like we've at one point he's on his knees and they're about to cut his throat or something or murder him and they just put him with one of his you know old buddies and then they just stand up and murder all their opponents and escape and. What? <laughs> yeah. But then, then at the end of the book, uh, the, the brother on the run enlists the help of a certain rock band, Mesa. Yeah, that's right. Kiss. Wing- winger. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. No, uh, Slayer oh, uh, are just in this book. Yeah. Um, and fuck, it's the, the one line that anyone from Slayer has. Uh, so it's, basically, it's white beardy man. The, the, the show, the, the, the guys show up and they say, that, so it's like a biker bar, mm-hmm. and the character that we've been introduced to earlier in the book says, "Hey, who parked those rusty pieces of shit out front?" <laughs> and then the white beard guy from Slayer says, "Your mum did. She needed the work. Apparently, her deadbeat son was in jail for kitty porn, I believe." That's what All a character right. from the guy from Slayer says. You could have just said for being a Nazi yeah. for a while. That would have been more accurate. <laughs> and then so all, all the members of, Na- of, of, of Nazi, of Slayer, uh, are like arms crossed at the bar, yeah. being real tough cunts. God, they're and- cool. <laughs> yeah, this sucked. God, this no sucked. Good. Let me just, I'll just give it a quick flick to see if I can find some highlights. <laughs> but I, 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 um, the, and in spite of how much this sucked, because it sucked so much, it's a three-part miniseries. I'm going to read. Oh yeah! Thank you to the aforementioned King's Comics for allowing me the uh, ability to read whatever the hell I want. Yeah, man. But uh, I'm I'm going to finish this series because I found it so stupid. Nazis, Nazis, all his friends are murdered or something. Yeah. There's no. He goes to jail, but there's no explanation as to who he's. He's just fighting some guys with yeah. a baseball bat, so they throw him in jail. And also, he kills all the guards. But just because you kill all the guards in jail doesn't mean you can be out of jail there's always more guards we don't we don't see him like actually get out of jail he just is suddenly out after killing yeah. everybody at one point like he's just outside his cell and he just beats up he just <laughs> he just kills like a half a dozen guys then the guards it's a nightmare so if, if you, you know if you've been hearing the word nazi in the news recently and been upset at a, like you know not you're not seeing the swastika enough every time you hear the word nazi mm-hmm. definitely pick up this book yeah um this is a, a, a shitty comic. <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary torture, that's in there. And Dark Horse should be ashamed for publishing it, basically. Yeah. It almost negates all of the nice things I'm going to say about them later in this episode. Almost. Which is uh, actually looking like it's going to be our longest episode ever. So you're welcome in advance, everybody. Um, also, there's some... I assume they're playing Slayer in this bar because there's some, there's, some mu- there's, some, there's some vocals happening, clearly. That'd be embarrassing. You know what? Because this episode is going to be so long, I might do what Marvel did this and do a point one oh, good, episode. Yeah. So we'll make this a point one. Great bonus content. And then we'll do the uh, regular episode with Siobhan tomorrow. Yeah. That sounds great. great. Um, all right. Let's talk about uh, Aftershock. Have you heard about this comic before? Animosity written by Marguerite Bennett? No, I have not. So this is about a, a comic in which uh, basically all the animals wake up Ooh. and they're aware of all the bad deeds that humans have been doing. Uh, they're aware of their role in the world. Okay. Um, the first issue of Animosity was awesome, mm-hmm. but then it suddenly jumped forward in time and all of the things I liked about the first issue, there's this great like 
six pages in which you have like the animals being animals. Mm-hmm. Then the next, you turn the page and all the animals wake up, sure, realize, right. and then you have the aftermath of that on the, mm-hmm. on the following pages. It was awesome. It was Great. fantastic. Probably like six, six of the best pages of last year, mate. So. Uh, so then it just jumped too, forward too far in time. The animal world was already far too established uh-huh. and we missed all of the great stuff of like, wait, how did this animal world come to be? Sure, right. So mm-hmm. that clearly got back to the creators and uh, we have Marguerite Bennett and John Wando um, teaming up to kind of do this side book which almost shows the immediate uh, days that followed all the animals waking up. What right. did you think, Meso? Uh, I couldn't get on board with any of the characters. Uh, I do not... Are, 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 some of these, are some of these name characters? Like, are, they, are these... Because we've got a, some sort of... You know, we've got, a, we've got a, some sort of heroic seal character here. No, these are all brand new characters we've oh, seen Oh, I see. Right, right. Before. Okay. Yeah. Uh... So basically, they're, 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 like at in, in in the state of animosity at the moment, there's mm-hmm. like like the animals are basically in charge. Sure, right. And, uh-huh. and those who have been good to them in the past are being treated well, uh-huh. uh, but they have to work with with all the animals, and those who have not are, are just being killed. Okay, sure. Um, so uh, this is basically like we're introduced to a a doctor of some kind, a, mm-hmm. a marine biologist or something like that, who uh, helps save the life of a seal after a dolphin rips its fin off, uh-huh. uh, and because of that good deed, uh, he's kind of put in in like a a good cell yeah right um, uh-huh. and, and has to have a, a like a, a an animal watcher uh, mm-hmm. at night which is a, a spooky vampire bat. sure yeah um i didn't hate this but maybe it's because i already know the universe that it's a part sure, of Sure, right uh-huh. i imagine if you didn't have that first issue that's so good in your brain already you might not dislike you might dislike this yeah i did not look it didn't it just didn't hook me i don't think do we have in in the current in the in the animosity future do we have do we have dogs with cybernetic limbs and so on and so forth? Or is no, that... this is a new. Oh, actually, yes, yeah, yeah. We, we like a lot of like, not quite to the level of the uh, thing that we see at the end of this issue, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, weapon-toting uh, animals. Oh, great! Okay, animals with eye patches and all that kind of stuff. Well, so, that sounds fun. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, no, it, look, it didn't grab me. Uh... Do it, and this is an inexplicable rise of the animals, right? We don't know why they just wake up one day. Okay, right. Okay. It's a cool concept. I, yeah, I, I was yeah. actually hoping they were going to play the long haul in this one. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of why the, the last man, the first mm-hmm. issue. Sure. Um, but they just jumped way too far and fast with it, and um, I guess it's kind of trying to fill the gaps and kind of stretch that part of the story out a little yeah. bit more, which I welcome. But the main part of the story is like it's so far into the future. Like, you know, I think we're a full year and a half after The Awakening. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And, and we're up to issue five. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, not not the best, but yep. in, in context of uh, all these other <laughs> number ones, potentially the best. Yeah, right. Uh, we're really getting to the dreg zone here, everybody. Uh, this is the, uh, from Dynamite right now. Um, this is the second Kiss uh, comic that I've ever read in, uh, and I've read it in, in, in within three months of the last one I read. We mentioned Kiss on the last episode I did. Right. Mm. Um, this is the second uh, comic featuring a band. This is Kiss the Demon. May mm. so what happened in this book? Ah, <laughs> uh, d- look. Uh... <laughs> I can tell you if you yeah, like. Yeah, look. So there's this. There's a. Oh, there's, look, everybody. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. So there's a kid, and he really loves rock and roll because Kiss are the greatest rock and rollers, and they he he has some friends. They just want to be like Kiss because Kiss are the greatest rock and roll band in the world. Undoubtedly, and so they form a band. But then that that guy's dad's like, "What are you doing forming a band? Rock and roll's the devil's music. This is 2016 or 17, and I still think rock and roll's the devil's music. Stop being silly and grow up and be the CEO of my company." 
No way, Dad. Rock and rolls for for everybody. You're not you're not the boss of me. Oh no, you fault you've driven off a cliff, Dad. Now I'm sad. And that is that is a baffling panel in which uh uh his the brakes some someone's cut his brakes yeah, right. on his car, potentially mm-hmm. this kid. Yep. Uh, and he is driving uh on a, a like towards a cliff, <laughs> right. like front first towards a cliff and then realizes the brakes aren't working. God, I love just driving towards a cliff on a rainy night. It's <laughs> my then, favorite pastime as then a rich man. The next man. panel is him like Blasting off the cliff backwards. backwards. How the fuck did that happen? I think he's. I think he's. <laughs> he's he, he hasn't turned into the skid. He's turned right. away. You got to. You got to turn into the skid. But it looks like the panel makes it look like he just straight it up did. reversed. Yeah, over I, a I cliff. looked at that and I'm like, does the, does the artist not know how what directions cars go in? <laughs> I did. I had to. I had to stare at that for a while. So this is the second Kiss book I've read, and it is also the second Kiss book I've read that doesn't actually feature Kiss. Yeah, right. Because the, the, the previous one was is, a yeah. dystopian future of some sort. Yeah, where and Kiss was simply legends. Or that's something. right. Right. Um, I don't understand, like you. I mean, maybe, maybe I haven't. I assume Kiss books have been around for a long while. Sure, yeah. But why? Why wouldn't you just make Kiss like these superheroes that like save the world with rock and roll? Well, that's I isn't guess that a fun ongoing series? That's a fun trope. I think that in, when they were when they were um, when they were in with Marvel, I believe that's what they were. They had had all sorts of Fantastic Four esque powers, and they just you know. Save the world in that way, but yeah, this I don't. Do people still give enough of, enough of a shit about Kiss to warrant two separate Kiss series that don't feature Kiss? Oh yeah, I, who knows? I this is mystifying, isn't it? It's I don't know. I guess look, I guess you know if if you've got the fan look, some 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 people, some groups, some film directors, some stars have a fan base that will buy literally anything, and why wouldn't you flog off something to them? <laughs> If they'll buy it. If they're like, look, we know our fans will buy a comic book. Yeah. Let's make one. But I would be, I, As a Kiss fan, I would be so bummed out buying this book and Kiss not being in it right. for the second time in a year. But also, <laughs> what what do you want Kiss to do in a comic? Like, I mean, I, I guess be superheroes, but like in this context, are you just going to... Is there just going to be like... A, a big splash page of them at a Kiss concert. What do I know? It's like them, like they get transported to a world without rock and roll, and uh, everything's drab. And then they fucking they bring they, rock they and save roll, it. yeah. And they, yeah. But again, in in this, we've got a we've got a the, the kid decides he's going to take over his father's business. One presumes, and he sits at his big CEO's desk, and behind him is a enormous framed photo of Gene Simmons. It's incredible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no good. <laughs> Look, I love some. I love some of these facial expressions, especially the 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 son having this enraged talk with his father about growing up and being responsible. Look, I just this this book felt so dated. <laughs> just being like rock and roll's the devil's music. Nobody thinks that. Don't try. And Not give, even Trump thinks that. Yeah. Don't give. Don't give rock. Don't attempt to give rock and roll this cool. Dangerous edge. It doesn't have it anymore. It's done. We live in a world with three three doors down in it. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> rock and roll one. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, so you read all of Kiss? Yeah, I did. May so we got two comic books left. Yeah, we do. Uh, please tell me you read all of Biff to the Future. I did read all Biff to the Future. I'm not sure why I did. <laughs> I'm not sure why it exists. But here we are. So Biff probably the best character from the Back to the Future universe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. After. Certainly the, the be- certainly the best <laughs> certainly the best attempted rapist in the in the Back to the Future universe. Uh, so uh, you know the, the the one of the funner tro- like parts of that movie is when old stupid Biff, yep. uh, the the neighbor of uh, of the McFlies, uh-huh. goes back in time and gives his younger self the sports almanac, mm-hmm. and then Back to the Future two we we go to the future in which he is like 
Trump, basically. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, and they predicted it, man. Like, you know, like uh, right. sexual assault charges. Yes. Right? Yep. Sports almanacs. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was his thing. That's his jam, man. Um, so this basically is an alternate... This basically tells tells us the story of how Biff came to be become the, 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 the rich figure that he becomes in mm. Back to the Future 2. And it starts out, like, kind of okay... I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in theory, I'm interested in that story. Sure, yeah. Uh-huh. And even though it's like it, the first half of this book is a bit by the numbers, like it's like him, you know, he's still, he's underage. He can't actually go and place bets on things, even mm. though he's got this almanac, which he doesn't quite trust sure. at the start of this story. He has to like get his dumbass grandma to, right, yeah. uh, to, to place the bet for him and she doesn't trust him. And then she kind of like, like, uh, you know, screws him out of all of his money. Um then he meets like a shady character, and this this book <laughs> takes the weirdest, darkest turn. It is grim. This book. <laughs> um, the the aforementioned annoying grandma shows up dead in the trunk of this like yeah. pimp who's yeah. helping, uh, who's trying to like you know like rot rot Biff of his, of his almanac, <laughs> and then he tries to take out Biff with a tire iron, mm. which Biff then steals off the old guy and. Kills, yeah. Like, like this is Biff covered in blood after after smashing <laughs> someone to death with yeah. a tire iron, which I guess is self defense. Yeah. So he's he's a manslaughterer, not a murderer. Um, yeah. I I don't know what happened after that. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, right. Uh, is there going to be? See, that's the thing. And and then we jump to the version we see in Back to the Future too, where he's just I'm the luckiest man in the world, and here I am, and I'm a celebrity, and I'm rich. What what more dark secrets do they? Is he gonna? Is he going to murder a succession of wives? This or? is it. This is the, the gritty New Fifty Two version of Biff. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that was so. That was. I was like, when that happened, I was like, "What the yeah. fuck?" I thought for initially, because I look at that. It, yeah, like grandmas in trunks is the new women in refrigerators, I guess. But <laughs> like initially, I see that panel and I'm like, "Oh, has she been kidnapped and put in the trunk?" No, no, she's. But I'm like, that's a weird expression for a, a kidnapped woman to have. Oh, she's dead. She she's, dead. She she dead. She murdered. <laughs> No, 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 thank you, sir. Uh, so, yeah, a baffling, another baffling book in yeah. a week full of them. Uh, will you read issue two of Biff to the Future? I won't, how much is it? <laughs> I think it's a three ninety nine book. Oh, no, no. 99 cents, maybe. <laughs> but even then. I'll, I'll, I'll have a peek at the next okay, issue. Great. This was This was in, an insane book to me. Yeah. I've not read any of the Back to the Future comics. I don't know mm. how, 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 how good they are. I know that like the big one they're putting out right now is a um, adaptation of the uh, of the Telltale game, uh, which yeah. was that well received. I don't even remember. I don't know. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Who, who knows? So that means uh, the final comic, which I assume you did not read all of. No. Guess what? Yeah. Neither did I. Yay! <laughs> Daveocracy not number finish, one. Not finishing issue, buddies. By Ryan Ferrier and Valentin Ramon. Um, so this is actually the second. Story of Dave Rockers, Dave, of Dave. Mm-hmm. They, they originally put out a book about a robot called Dave. Uh-huh. The, the A in Dave is a four, mm-hmm. so it's Deforve. Um, <laughs> Deforveocracy is uh, is this thing. Um, you know what? We don't need to talk about it. I've read another book that these guys wrote called yeah. Heck or something like that, and that sucked too. Okay, great. Um, I think it's a very much a, an acquired taste. Look, let's. We should find out where we both gave up on it. I think. Uh, like t- page two. Oh, really? I yeah, go yeah. A, little, a lot further. Look. It, it, I mean, from the context, and I haven't read the previous one, but from the context, there are these robots, they killed all of humanity, and now they've taken over hu- in place of humanity. But they've got the same foibles as man. Everybody's on their phones all the time. They're not looking at the sky because they're all... In, in a way, it's like anti-social media. But it's no good. 
and it's it's not going anywhere no everybody's just like hey dude what what are you doing dude oh hey i'm just hanging out dude hell i'm looking at my phone dude yeah the dialogue is atrocious it's no good so uh yeah diversity we didn't that was when we didn't finish yeah but guess what we did finish meso yeah number ones <laughs> Yeah, the, the beloved your famous segment, segment, number one. First things first, that is over. Um, we'll be, uh, unfortunately, didn't get to read the book I was, the number one I was most looking forward to this week, which is called uh, Lady Castle, which is a, uh, I think a boom book in which a castle full of men, all the men go to battle like a dragon, they all die, uh-huh. so all the women came, come over, and it's Lady Castle. Oh, very good. It's like, a, you know, it's how like a, 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 a castle maintains its life. It's like Why the Last Man, except there's no man. Okay, great. Just uh-huh. there's ladies and a castle. Uh-huh. It sounded kind of fun. And Boom, yeah. Boom have, a, have got a great track run of, uh, of fun, like, you know, all agency books yeah. like that at the moment. So, unfortunately, that didn't ship to Kings this week. I'll try and read it in the future and talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be reviewing the rest of this week's books in uh, the point one. I don't know. <laughs> is, this the, is this the point one? Maybe this can be the point... Uh, Point M, like you know, it's point MU for Monster oh, yeah, Solutions. Yeah. It's point MA for Thank Mesa. you. Very good. All right, here we go. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we'll be doing that. Uh, Siobhan and I will be teaming up to review all the rest of the week's books uh, tomorrow. Uh, but right now, Meso and I are going to uh, finish the episode by talking about James Bond Varga. Yeah, and Idolon. Idolon, um, yeah. which is uh, a really incredible run of James Bond comics that completely took me by surprise. Uh-huh. Written by, I mean. This element, certainly not. Written by Warren Ellis. Not surprisingly, he's was, great. And yeah. one of the most consistent. He, he's actually been having like a bit of a renaissance period, uh-huh. writing a lot more books. Um, recently learned that he's uh, going to be kind of rewriting the Wildstorm universe for DC very oh, soon. Oh, great. Okay. Did you know about that? No. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's very soon, actually. In like the next few months, there's a, there's a Wildstorm are they book. gonna Are they going to re-separate the Wildstorm characters from the regular DC characters? I'm I not wonder. sure. I think they should. I think they should, too. I, I, when I think of like especially some authority characters and stuff like that, I much prefer Apollo and the Midnighter to be... Like, I think they lose a lot of their sting if they exist in the same universe I, as I, Superman yeah. and Batman. I think Midnighter works in the DC yeah. universe. I don't think Apollo does. Yep. Because he's pretty much like just like bright gay Superman. Sure, yeah. Which actually, that, that maybe should work in the DC <laughs> universe. But, you know, from a power set point of view, yeah. why isn't he as prominent as Superman? Correct, yeah. If he has the same powers. Mm. Anyway. Um, but uh, who knows what they're going to do. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to read that nonetheless. Uh, Warren Ellis teaming up with Ian Masters for a 12 issue run of James Bond came out through Dynamite last year and um, finished at the very beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was amazed. Uh, I think it actually like we started reviewing this when we started Serious Issues, uh-huh. um, so uh, it was fun reading, like kind of reviewing each issue on the show as we were doing it. Um, you picked up the first issue when it came out. I did, and then I thought this is fun and intriguing. I'll definitely get back to this, and I never did. So, so you bring up James Bond a lot on the Weekly Planet. We can't stop. Um, do you see all of the new movies? Yes, I do. I don't. That's fair. Look, I, I, in the lead up to Goldeneye coming out when I was a kid, uh-huh. I got, I was, I was so James Bond mad, uh-huh. and I, and it was at the time where Channel Ten, in the lead up to either Goldeneye or the next one, yep. coming out just aired every Saturday night two James Bond movies back for back. an entire year. Wow. So I recorded every single one of them uh-huh. and like actually like ranked them all when I was in high school Great. of like which Incredible. ones I, and I and I had like a I think like who put out like a James Bond movies ranked. Great. And uh, I disagreed with it mm. wholeheartedly. Oh yes. I because I was because I was young I actually found most of the Sean Connery the beloved Sean Connery Bonds to be uh-huh. boring. Look, there's a lot of space in them and there's a lot of uh 
There's a lot of him walking down a hotel corridor to get a telephone call <laughs> while the James Bond theme plays dramatically in the background. It's uh, they really they got their mileage out of it. I tell you what. So I, when I was a kid, I actually my favorite Bond was Roger Moore. Mm-hmm. I loved how silly and camp the yep. Roger Moore movies were, um, and. Uh, then I saw Goldeneye, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh, this is what I want my James Bond to be." Uh-huh. And then I saw Timothy Dalton's Bond sure, movies, yeah, uh-huh. and I was like, "No, wait, this is the ideal James Bond." Right. Uh-huh. And to this day, I, they, those two movies, uh, is, it, is it Living Living Daylights, Living Daylights, and uh, License to Kill, License yeah. to Kill, License to Kill. Yeah. That's probably my favorite James Bond uh-huh. song as well. Yeah. Um, those are probably my two favorite James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. And recently on Weekly Planet, I think you made reference to Timothy Dalton being maybe your favorite as well. Uh, he's certainly up there. Uh, look, I I I, lo- I really loved Casino Royale, which was the first Daniel Craig Bond mm-hmm. film. Uh, so I should give it to him, but I feel the rest of them have not really. Well, that's the only that. one I've seen, and yeah. I, I did really like that. Yeah, the re- the rest. Uh, I feel the rest go a little bit downhill. Uh, same, lot- as, same as Pierce Brosnan's Like Goldeneye is oh, great boy, yeah. And then all the rest are terrible Die Another Day is one of the worst films ever made I feel <laughs> uh, A lot of people love Skyfall Which was the second last Daniel Craig film I've seen that one I've seen But that. that is essentially The villain is essentially the Joker from Nolan's Dark Knight He's even got Like he's this insane Facially scarred professional killer Who's got a chip on his shoulder about the establishment And he's got a big old plan to bring everybody down Including a bit where you thought he was captured But then... It turned out it was his plan to be captured all That's along, right. kind of yeah. thing. And so I couldn't, I could never get on board with that one. Um, and that was very much like, hey, remember all of the old James Bond stuff? That's true. Like it was, that was yeah. the, the, the Member Berries uh, uh, movie of, of James Bond. Yeah, they gave him back his little Walter PPKs. And the and Aston the, Martin. Yeah, and, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Um, mm. but, Which creates a continuity issue because he already <laughs> he already acquired an Aston Martin in Casino Royale, and it, this is is this a different Aston Martin because it's got machine guns in it? <laughs> I think it's a different Aston Martin. There, 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 there are at least two Aston Martins yeah, in, the in the world. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Timothy Dalton, James Bond, for me is like it's so eighties. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's so exuberant. It's so grim. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. And I feel like that is the the closest thing to the Bond that we see in these Warren Ellis books. I think so. Yeah. Um, the the deaths in the Timothy Dalton movies yes. are disgusting. Yeah. Felix Leiter uh, is eaten by a shark at one point. Um. And uh, who, what else happens in, in, in Timothy Dalton's book? There's the um, the head blowing up in the uh, pressure oh, that's chamber. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. Benicio del Toro gets like torn up in a in like a shredder. That's true. Yeah. And but it's never like it's not cool when they die. It's yeah, like, right. Oh man. Yeah. Like being a secret agent is fucking disgusting. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they really capture that element in these in this yeah. James Bond series. And I think series. especially these these are this is a continuation, I guess, of the of the novels as opposed to any of the. Like he's got he's got the he's got the look of the the bond from the from the novels and like uh, some of the continuity is sort of leans into the the novel stuff so that's you know and it's it's a lot it's more grim there's a lot less glamour mm. and he's not even he's not even sleazy no that's true yeah and uh-huh. I think that was like I, maybe I'm I'm rose coloured goggles but I remember that element of the character not being present in Timothy Dalton's portrayal yep he wasn't sleazy he was just kind of like hard and tough and just kind of got the girl anyway and then would yeah, just right. ditch her uh-huh, like yeah. he, was, right. he was an awful awful guy mm-hmm. and I feel like that's like that's a paramount to James Bond he's a shit person yes, he is. right yeah I think so <laughs> uh, so Meso. Yes, hello. <laughs> what happened in James Bond Varga? Do we, do we need to set up kind of what this what happens in these in these stories from, from, from a story point of view or just the vibe? 
Uh, do we need to set up the story? Because uh, I feel like that's part of like, you know, it, it, it's almost like, especially in Varga, like the story is secondary to the, the world that Warren Ellis creates. I feel like the, the, the story in Adelon is, is much stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, Varga is essentially, uh, he's assigned a mission and he stumbles through it for the most part and then he kills everybody. Uh, <laughs> um, I love that there are like, there are all these um, like constraints put on James Bond in this series. Yeah, like there was he's, some... he's not allowed to carry a weapon while in the UK. Yep, because he's um, he's foreign security. He's not domestic security. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I I feel, it's, you know, we're talking about the the novels. It it feels more like there's there's no dreariness in the movies, but I feel there's some dreariness in the in the books and in the in the comic books. It's kind of like, well, yeah, we have to deal with paperwork and we have to deal with bureaucracy as well. It's kind kind of fun. The second uh, story is is excellent. It deals basically like it, it's you know what happens when a foreign agent has to deal with something domestic. Mm-hmm, yeah, um, and uh, he has to save the life of uh, of, of a woman, mm-hmm. um, and 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 that's like the, the sexiest this 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 run becomes. Right, and sure. it's, it's uh-huh. done quite handled quite well. Yeah, um, uh, this this bond is so quippy, but in like a cold like he's yeah quips are so cold in a way. He's Warren Ellis. Yes. Which is... And I love Warren Ellis. I love everything he's ever done. But, like, there's always one character that's just him. Totally. It's Spider-Jerusalem or it's, you know... uh, Midnighter. Midnighter, yeah. Or it's, you know... I think he did an Excalibur run. And, you know, it was, you know, Captain Britain who has magical powers and Nightcrawler and all these characters and a dragon. And then he just brought in a character called Pete Wisdom. That's right. He was just some British guy... (laughs) Who had the like the most minor power possible to let him be in Excalibur? Like he could shoot like lasers out of his fingers or something. It's like, well, I need to be in this, and I can't be Captain Britain, and I can't be a dragon, so I'll just be just some guy. The problem with that though is that when he when he when he puts himself into books in a bigger universe, is that mm-hmm. those characters become continuity, and people who aren't Warren Ellis will attempt to write them. Yeah, and uh-huh. it's always there. Like there's a Max series of wisdom, which is which, that's which right, ain't yeah. very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh. There's there's some amazing like Warren Ellis kind of quips, especially in that in uh, in Adelon where uh, there's a part about gun like leaving a gun for an infant. Oh, that's like, right. Like, yeah, he's like, just, like she's, a, yeah. They have to leave. They have to leave the US quickly, and he's been given a gun, but he can't take it on on board a plane, so he just throws it in a bin. And she's like, "Are you throwing that gun into a bin?" And he's like, "Yeah. Look, or, this is America. Ordinarily, I would give it to." A child or a mentally handicapped person, but I, I don't. We don't have time, so I'm just going to throw it in the bin and they can find it. <laughs> Which is brilliant. Yeah, like, right. It's so great. I yeah. feel like you know, it definitely is like a Warren Ellis's take on James Bond, but it works so much for the character. Yeah, the violence in these books is so harrowing. Yeah, <laughs> and without giving too much away about the ending. In fact, last time we had you on. We talked about the final issue of Nighthawk. Nighthawk, that's right. And the ending of that reminded me a lot of the ending of this run. Yeah. Warren Ellis occasionally will do the most abrupt endings to his comic runs ever, especially when he yeah. does these tight six to twelve issue series. Yeah. yeah. Like his Moon Knight run uh, for yeah. Marvel was very like you know it was very very calculated, and it, the books just end. That's right, yeah. It's not necessarily like a resolution. You have no one reflecting on what's happened. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens in this book. Yeah, it's quite similar. There's and it, there's not any... There's not necessarily uh, like a big save the... You know, diffuse the bomb, save the... It's, he just hits a guy with a car or something. And then... Yeah, yeah. And like, he doesn't go back to M16 and, and like, you know, 
like you, oh, you did it again, James. Right, you exactly. played by your own rules, yeah. but you got the job done. Let's just, yeah. It just ends with this, yeah. you know, this this act of extreme yeah. violence. And then he's just got the look. He's got a dead look in his eyes where you know he has to go back to MI6 and fill in some forms. Yeah. And he's not looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, would you recommend this book to James Bond fans? Oh, absolutely. Or to, to comic fans? Oh, um, look, both. Uh, but if you are expecting sort of uh, James Bond glamour, that's probably not what you're going to get. If you uh, if you if you're after some light and fluffy fun and invisible cars and etc., you're not going to find that here. Do you reckon we'll ever get a movie like this? Oh, or will I just have to live with my what I remember the Timothy Dalton Bonds? To yeah, be I don't and, think we will again. I mean, the, one of the you know um, you know Skyfall was this you know this something of a rip off of the dark knight that's they're very the bond films are very good at aping something that came out mm-hmm. quite recent like so when you know we got star wars in 1977 and the next bond film was moonraker <laughs> you know um i and and so with the you know the daniel craig ones which i i know casino royale i like a lot but you know they were sort of aping jason bourne unless we get something that is more grim than jason bourne i don't think we're going to get a more grim uh, james bond so so someone out there make Make this make the equivalent of this comic. Yeah, if you could. Uh, have you got any favorite Warren Ellis comics? You want, we should, we want cool. to recommend. Um, I'm a big fan of Planetary. Yep. from uh, from several years ago. Um, I think better than the Authority. I think so too. I think because the Authority wasn't anything. Like it was fun. Like I think at the time he said, "Oh, this is widescreen comics. This is just, you know, there's a villain and he's going to blow up the world. So we send in a giant ship and we blow up everything and we kill God and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. There was no." There was no real... Like, it was fun and it was sassy, but there was no real thought process behind it. It was just, how can we do a big thing? You know, how can we make a movie but it's got an unlimited budget? But I think Planetary really had some... It had some love behind it kind of thing. Definitely. Um, it's funny we don't really see those characters. Did those characters make it over to, to, to D- the DCU? I don't know. Were they no. In, uh, they in the Stormwatch book or something? Because did both Planetary and Authority spin out of Stormwatch? I've, I've not read that. Okay, let me think. So, Authority span out of... Spun out of Stormwatch, so Warren Ellis got Stormwatch, and then he created himself. So he created Jenny Sparks, yep. so is is his version. And then he, like, he augmented some of some people's powers, and he got, he created Apollo and the Midnighter, and then he spun them off into the Authority, and then Planetary. No, I think Planetary was its own thing. Hmm. But um, the main, Elijah Snow, who's the main character in that, he has this. He's he's a he was also. He also had the same birth date as Jenny Sparks. There are a whole bunch of people who had the same birth date and then they all sort of went on to do great things. That was their... That was Century Babies. It's funny that no one from... from, from uh, no one from Planetary showed up in the DCU because uh, there was that great crossover where, where Batman was crossover with Planetary. That's right. That's an incredible crossover. Yeah. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was, a, there was a Planetary JLA crossover, I think. Right. Where the JLA... Wait, where Planetary were villains... And the JL, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman were just regular people investigating there. Yeah, uh, yeah, Planetary was great. Um, yeah, the Planetary Batman crossover was great, where they investigate all the parallel universe versions of Batman, and they realise that he's not—he's not just this vigilante; he's this force of nature kind of. Yeah, thing. that was excellent. That was great. Uh, most recently, well, Moonlight, Moon Knight was great. Uh, most recently, I've been reading Injection. Yep, which is the same. It's him and Declan Shalvey, so it's the same people from Moonlight. Yeah, 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 that's right, and that is great. Again, so good, isn't it? And, yeah. Oh, that ca- the character because there is no Warren Ellis yeah. uh, mirror for six issues, and then suddenly out of nowhere he just shows up. Right, yeah, and, it's, uh-huh. and it far and away that, that that book became hard to follow monthly. It just suddenly the narrative is like way easier to follow. Yeah, uh-huh. once it's mm. himself in there. Yeah, what's that character's name? I can't remember. 
the investigator. Yeah, uh, uh, no, I don't know. It's okay. And then there's this brilliant plot with uh, like ham made from human meat. That's right. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I enjoy that this conceit that it's the X Files, but. What if Mulder and Scully were ultimately responsible for all the horrors That's right. they investigate? It's like, and so they have to investigate this stuff and put a stop to it and prevent people from realizing that it it, was them. It, it's their fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also a massive fan of uh, Red, the comic. Oh, sure, that yeah. Spun out into a, a movie that I will never see. Yeah. And a sequel that I'll never see. Correct. But have you actually read it's the three issues yes, series I have, of yeah. Red? Yeah. I think that is such an excellent. Yeah. And I, I think that was the first ever like contained mini that I ever read that Warren Ellis did, and yeah, yeah. realizing how good he is at. Just telling a quick story. Yeah, man, he's done some. He's he, he crosses genres. He's great. Mm, he's I'm a great. real Warren Ellis fanboy. You read Trees from Image put out last year. Yes, I year? have. Yeah, yeah. Mm, great. One, I'm looking forward to that coming back and telling me what the fuck happened. <laughs> it would be nice. <laughs> uh, also, uh, did you read Super God? No, I've not read Super God. Super God's pretty good. I mean, it's 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 a, it's the tale of the of, you know the destruction of the world uh, via these world governments who are trying to create their weapons of mass destruction but they're their own gods kind of thing mm-hmm. and it's being told from the perspective of a of a grisly scientist who's Warren Ellis so it's pretty great and of course we'd be remiss to uh, talk about Warren Ellis without mentioning Next Wave Agents of Hate that's right yep a great, really great, really great um, book that he did with Stuart Immonen over at Marvel mm-hmm. and uh, I even love his uh, he did a bunch of one shots for Secret Avengers with oh. different art teams mm-hmm. um, I think Declan Shalvey did an issue and um uh, who's the guy that did Matt Fraction's Hawkeye? David Ayer did an oh, yeah. issue. It's, and they all just feature, feature on these little contained missions. Yeah, They're yeah. excellent. Great. Beast at one point becomes the mirror version of Warren Ellis. Um, <laughs> it's great. Great. Really great stuff. Love it. Great writer. Um, mm-hmm. You already know that if you listen to this show. Um, Meso, thank you so much for, for joining me today on this uh, .ma episode. Absolute pleasure. MA rated great, episode great of Serious here. Issues. Thank you. I, uh, in, in, in listening to this show, it's brought back my love of comics, I think, which is, which is really good. <laughs> Excellent, I'm, man. I'm trying to uh, you know, find myself a monthly book every, every month and stuff like that. I've been enjoying Unworthy Thor based on your oh, recommendation. is a really good one. isn't it? That entire Jason Aaron Thor run is, yeah. is worth tackling from, from, from the start because he cool. brings so many threads from... Uh, from even the first issues he wrote in, back into you know the issues we're reading today. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear Meso every week on the Weekly Planet, yeah, just uh, search for that on iTunes. We'll talk about uh, comics to a much lesser extent, but we'll also talk about your superhero movies and your TV shows and et cetera, et cetera. Comes out every Monday, is that right? Yeah. Kind of same as us, I think. Yeah. Monday's a good day for podcasts. I think so. <laughs> grab it, grab it on your on your journey to work. Um, and uh, you can find Serious Issues online, facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. We've got a group going that now is like 10, 10 members away from 500. Great. That's fun. Let's come and talk about comics with us all day. It's uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Come and join us. All we do is talk about comics. And uh, we're on Twitter as well. Serious underscore underscore issues. Complain about the things we complain about if you disagree <laughs> with us. I encourage it at yeah, all times. Yeah, let's fight on the internet. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you can fight with me personally at LevDog, <laughs> L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Meso, you are... I'm at Wikipedia Brown on Twitter. Excellent. Thank you so much for listening to Serious Issues. And we will see you tomorrow for an episode with Siobhan, uh, in which we review all the rest of this week's comics that came out. A lot of them. There are a lot of them. I read... A segment they call Number Twos. That's right. <laughs> second Things Second, yeah. I believe it's called. Thanks so much for listening. Actually, one last thing. You know what? This is our beloved segment, Meso. Uh-huh. Uh, we have... It's... Just the fans love it. The very famous flipper coin for DCL Marvel. So I'm yeah. going to allow you oh, the honour for the next All right. episode. Right. Mesa's got the coin and he's had a 20 cent piece. On. Here we go. It's uh Wait, I didn't say what, what we, we oh, fucked yeah. it up. Okay. Um, so uh, heads is DC. Okay, here we flip go. Flip it again. Flip it again. again. Tails. Tails. We're going to talk about Marvel. First thing on uh, the next or the the, uh, the part two episode 
of uh, this week's serious issues. So come and find us online on iTunes or wherever and uh, listen to the rest of the books from last week. Thanks so much to Mason for joining us again. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Stay serious, everybody. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.